I'm trying to elevate small talk to medium talk. Hi, I'm Alexander Chester, and Av, have you ever been jealous of a garden? And I'm Av Sinemsky, and I also don't care for Arnie Risman. Welcome back to Pretty, Pretty, Pretty Good, a Curb Your Enthusiasm podcast. We're here today to discuss season six, episode five, The Freak Book, which originally aired on December 7th, 2007. And Av, I'll start by telling you, I did a little bit of research to find this actual Freak Book. Let me guess, it doesn't exist. So, okay, there's a book called The Book of Freaks by but Jamie is, by Jamie. This is Iredell. Mondo's, this is Mondo's yeah. Freaks. Uh, the Book of Freaks is a fiction book. It's um, like an expanded dictionary of received ideas. The Book of Freaks takes its subject matter from everyday life. Both hilarious and poker-faced in equal measures, this faux encyclopedia categorizes mundanities and renders them starkly unexpected. From circus freaks to nationalities to you and everyone you've ever met, the Book of Freaks point out that this book sounds a little bit like it would be canceled in 2021. But then there's another book called Human Oddities, a book of nature's anomalies. And this is the book that Curb is based on. Um, uh-huh. Like from the images we see in in the show of the book, it appears to be this book. And people have actually made mock covers of human oddities with with the words human oddities replaced with Mondo's freaks. Uh, there's a picture of conjoined twins on the cover. So it's obviously like insanely offensive. Um, and honestly, it's a little bit crazy to me, even in 2007, that, that A, that Larry did this, that B, that John McEnroe agreed to do this. Um, I don't know. I, we can talk about it as we get into the episode, but I'm a little bit surprised. I don't, you know, I don't find the idea of making fun of like people with, you know, various physical deformities funny. Um, but I, I do find it funny how like dramatically Larry and Jeff and McEnroe laugh about it because like they they go like completely over the top in like a, awkward ways. But um, we'll discuss that. But it's very surprising to me. And this episode, as I said last week, is quite polarizing. Uh, one ranking, The Ringer literally has it as the number one episode of all time. And Vulture has it as the fourth worst episode of all time. So uh, let's jump into it and see uh, where we land. Okay. So we're at home, and Larry is very excitedly leaping, leafing through the uh, aforementioned uh, Mondo's book, uh, freak book, I guess. We'll say that's the name of the episode, so we're you know, get, you can't get in trouble for just saying the name of the episode. Um, and turns out this is his uh gift for Ted Danson that uh, they will be bringing to his birthday party later. And uh, Cheryl is like, by the way, there's some other really good news. We uh, we got our cemetery plots together with uh, Ted and Mary and Jeff and Susie, so we're all gonna be next to each other for all of eternity, so isn't that great? Yeah, the idea that the Davids, the Greens, and the Dance and Susie Bergens would want to be buried next to each other is complete insanity. Like, they barely like each other. Susie and Larry hate each other. I actually, I don't think anybody really likes Susie. None of the women like Jeff. Susie and Cheryl hate um, each other's spouses. So I just, I don't understand. It's one thing if you say the Greens and the Davids, although, you know, I don't know if Cheryl would be on board with that. But at least, you know, the, uh, you know, Larry and is pretty good friends with Jeff. But Ted Danson, it's just so weird. Like, they're friends that occasionally see each other. It's very strange. 
Yeah, there's there's like a weird dynamic to the whole Larry Ted relationship from the beginning, where it's like almost like they're like friends with each other because like they both worked at NBC around the same time on like the two big shows. And they both like and, Cheryl. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, but they don't like it's obvious that neither of them likes the other one ever. Like they're never presented as anyone like a person who has any affection for the other. Yeah. Even in like season one when they first meet each other. Uh, or, you know, it's because that's the other thing. A lot of these relationships are presented um, Richard Lewis and Jeff, obviously, and, and even Funkhauser when we meet him a little bit later. All these people are presented as people who already were friends with Larry before Curb, before like the world uh-huh. of Curb. But we see when when Larry and, and Ted basically meet each other in season one. Right. It was. Like I mean, they might have met beforehand, but this is like the first like date, friend date they've had, really. Yeah, they were like excited about that. They're uh, going to become friends with the Dansons now. I mean, who are you to compare yourself to Ted Danson? No, yeah, no comparison at all. Um, so, yeah, so um, Cheryl uh, lets Larry know that the driver is here. So Larry has to put the book aside. And turns out Cheryl had the wonderful idea to hire a driver for them. So that way they can, you know, go and drink to their heart's desire and have a great time at the party and not have to worry about how they're going to get home. Now, last time they tried this, it backfired. Right. Because Larry took out a fork to take food to the driver. Yeah. Um, everything they do um, yeah. usually backfires because of something Larry does, usually involving helping out a driver. Of sure. Sort. But it's weird that specifically they had this exact scenario before and Larry doesn't mention it. Cheryl doesn't mention it. You know, last time he takes food out to the driver. This time he brings the driver into the house. You know, neither one works. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it has been um, almost four seasons. So, you know, you forget about stuff. That was uh, the season two finale, the massage. Mm. Yeah. So um, I saw I saw for Purim last week, um, a friend of mine on Facebook was dressed as uh, this man steals forks from restaurants with like a placard on his. uh... That's good that's good a lot of people were wearing those pretend you're a something t-shirts which i'm like what the hell is this apparently it's this like uh you know i'm too old to dress up shtick Mm. did you dress up for perm um i mean kind of like we we just we have like i saw like your family had the whole theme i I just like i took one of the old costumes from a previous theme and i just sort of threw it on it's easier than putting on regular clothes yeah um, so yeah, so, um, the, our driver, Charlie, none other than the Wiz, the Wiz. nobody beats him. Yeah. Yeah. He has a little bit of a, of a Norm Macdonald thing going on also, right? Like a skinnier version. I can see that. Well, Norm Macdonald used to be quite skinny. Right. That's true. Right. I think of him as that. Um, yeah. So they get to the party and Larry is very worried for Charlie's sake that he's going to be super bored just waiting for them in the car, which is, you know, he will be, um, as we said, you know, I mean, you, you might not need us to say this, but the smartphone, very big game changer in life. Mm. Um, now, you know, no one would be bored. Like, no, there's infinite things that you can do mm-hmm. sitting in a car and you could just do that for many hours and you'll be fine. Yeah. So, Hold on. I, I got to get rid of this baby. One second. Okay. You're going to the swing. Uh, Chester now is going to uh, move the baby to the swing. We're going to see if that works. It probably won't. Um but you know, it's better than having the baby right near the microphone screaming into the microphone. So, you know, it can only improve from here. Nope. Crying baby. More crying baby. Yeah, sorry, Ben. But uh your dad has to record a stupid podcast with his stupid friend at midnight. So, you know, your food is gonna have to wait. Nothing that can be done about this problem. 
Oh, Chester is back. Can you hear him wailing? Yes, a little bit. Um, I, was right, well, by, I was giving the play-by-play to the crowd. But... Oh. Well, how do you know the play-by-play? I was off camera. Well, you know, I could uh, intuit what's going on based yeah. on the uh, modulation changes of the baby's cries. Yeah, he wasn't happy. Yeah. So, yeah, so we're going to continue mm. um, because, you know, the audience pays a lot of money for this podcast. So, mm-hmm. you know, we put we put other things aside to do the, to do it for them. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So um, Larry is like, no, uh, you know, you know, come on. You know, don't. And uh, Charlie's like, no, nah, it's OK. I'll be fine. You know, that's my job. I wait for people, which, you know, is really a lot of the job is you drive a lot and then you wait a lot and then you drive some more and then you wait mm. um, when you're like, you know, a limo driver for wealthy people. So, um you know, we're inside the party and Larry is chatting up Mary uh, about all the, you know, the great news about the cemetery plots. And he's like, you know, I wonder who is going to be the first one to go. And Mary's like, well, I don't know, but I know who it's not going to be. <laughs> it's not going to be me and Ted because we're very healthy and nothing is more healthy than the status of our marriage. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Larry's like, yeah, you know, I don't really like anyone at this party, which is, you know, a terrific thing to say to the host of the party. Yeah. Um, at least Larry's they showed like, up, which they didn't do to the last party. Yeah. And Mary's like, well, what about Artie Risman? Everyone likes yeah. Artie Risman. And Larry's like, I don't like someone just because they're bald. You I know, love that right? Larry assumes that Mary thinks the reason that Larry would like him is because he's bald. Uh, yeah. I mean, Larry's very defensive about the whole bald thing. Yeah. Uh, as demonstrated by two very popular television characters mm-hmm. <laughs> both of which are based on larry david um so larry uh you know he says all right i'm gonna go get a drink goes to uh speak to the bartender and uh proceeds to cause further problems at the party by um starting to ask the bartender about you know his bow tie and why he's wearing it you know he learns that ted danson has uh instructed all the bartenders to wear bow ties so that it's easy to distinguish between staff and guests at the party um larry's like this is crazy i don't like this at all i'm gonna go speak to ted and you know get rid of this whole bow tie thing yeah larry also um, gives the bartender two pretties yes yes the, the, yeah. the bartender asks him how he is and he gives him uh pretty he says pretty good uh pretty pretty good he uh you know he he thought of it you know he forgot about something earlier in the night mm. and he upgraded it to a second pretty <laughs> on the spot uh you know it happens sometimes you come in thinking it's only one pretty and then you get convinced it's two yeah by the uh, way i'm going to defend uh dancing here it's not like dancing went out of his way to say hey i don't want these people I, I don't want the the staff to be confused for my friends so make them wear bow ties the forum had a box like you know bow tie or no bow tie and so ted just checked bow tie i don't think that's so bad yeah also it's like pretty acceptable for like staff at a party to like wear some sort of uniform yeah that like makes it easy for guests at the party to know you know who they could ask for help and who like is not there to you know i, I do love that scene though with the bartender because uh did you watch party down yeah love party yeah. down great show and this is basically like i i almost think like there could have been like a like a, the, the, like a, a crossover episode I mean, obviously, Party Down came much later than this, but it's almost like the same show from the opposite perspective, which is the whole point of Party Down, that usually you see, you know, all these events from the other side, and now you're seeing it right. from, from the staff. But, um, but like this character, even he looks like Adam Scott a little bit. He's got a little bit of that vibe. Yeah, Party Down seems like the exact type of show that is going to be rebooted at some point. Sure. Yeah, you could do it 100 times. There could be many, like, many more episodes. No, I, well, I meant more like with the same people because uh, like... Those are like people that everybody loves. Like they've become huge. It's like a very big cult show. So like, yeah, Netflix would probably pay a lot of money to reboot Party Down. Well, I think the reason it stopped at a certain point was because Scott had commitments on like Parks and Rec or some other show. Right, but yeah, they could do like a you know six episode miniseries on Netflix and for sure, everybody do really well. Yeah, 
Now, I will um, say Jen has always fantasized about us. Like she had this whole plan when, mm-hmm. you know, pre-COVID uh-huh. of, of us hosting. <laughs> I guess I, I interrupted that sentence at a, at a significant point. Uh, you were in a dream of hers last Friday night as well. I've so I've been told. Yeah. This is very exciting news. Yeah. Uh, you were just going to get a vaccination shot. It wasn't that exciting. Yeah, I mean, some people are into that. Yeah, but um, apparently, no, but, Dr. Jen. Yeah, but she's always been very into this idea of like we bought our house and, and then we um, renovated the house. And when the renovation was done, she really wanted to host a party. And her big focus was like she she wanted to like have a hired bartender at the party, sort of like Ted Danson does. And I don't really understand like the point of this. Like, forget about the waste of money. Let's pretend I had a coupon for a free bartender. It's just like it's such a try hard move to me. Like it's one thing if it's a wedding or a bar mitzvah, but just like a, like a party in your house for like no specific event. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's really just not necessary. Like, also, I would prefer pouring my own alcohol. Like, I don't like having to stand in line to get my drink. I'm not getting some like yeah, fancy cocktail. Yeah, well, you know, I guess if you have a bartender, then, you know, other people might be into like, you know, different cocktails and mixes and all that stuff. Sure. And like, you're not going to do that for them. And like, yeah. they don't really know how to do it for themselves. And if you have a bartender, he can make like more exciting drinks for people. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if he's if he's just pouring like whiskey on the rocks for people, then yeah, that's a very stupid waste of money. Yeah, but and just yeah, but... like and then there's just like a guy at your party. <laughs> yeah, yeah, help clean the dishes or something. Don't just sit there pouring drinks. Do something that I don't want to do. Pouring drinks is an easy thing to do. Um, yeah, but that whole scene, I love it. It's like you know, I'm doing it for you. Please don't. Well, I'm actually doing it for me. <laughs> also, please don't. <laughs> Jamie, yeah, I gotta like, say don't... something. You don't. <laughs> he's like, you don't know how I operate. Yeah, there's very strong Adam Scott vibes. I think. Yes, yes. The guy is just like, he's not actually willing to stand up for himself. But he's just yeah. like, because, you know, he doesn't want to get in trouble for getting to a fight with a guest at the party yeah. either. So he's yeah. like telling a very, you know, s- straight he tr- line here. He tries. He, he he tries. He tries to get Larry to stop. But uh, yeah. Yeah. You don't know how I operate. He doesn't. Yeah. Uh, he does not. Um, so, yeah. So Larry heads out to Ted and does exactly what the guy just begged him not to. And he's like, I hear that you're forcing the waiters to wear bow ties at this party. What's the deal with that? Yeah. Or you just, uh, what he calls him, like, he accuses him of trying to like air it up. Mm, like, like I guess that. that's like yeah. what you were saying that like yeah. you tried to make it seem like fancier than it is. Yeah. Um, I mean, Ted Danson can do that, but Alex Chester doesn't need to do that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, like uh, he's like, well, no, you know, it's just I think it's elegant. Um, but, you know, eventually Larry gives in. Um, but, you know, he has other things to move on to. He's like, on an unrelated matter, I have a driver sitting outside mm. and I would like for him to come into your house because he's probably very bored out there. Uh, Ted at first is like, uh, no, like that's fine. He could stay outside. Maybe you can bring him some coffee. That's about all I'm prepared to do. Um, yeah, and Larry, you know, goes on to regale him the stories of how he used to drive a limo. And um, Ted's like, oh, I think you, I may have figured out why you're so obsessed with the attire of the bartenders tonight. Uh, did you have to wear a bow tie perchance when you were a limo driver? And Larry explains that no, actually, he drove for a blind woman, so she couldn't see what he was wearing, and he could wear whatever he wants. Yeah. And this is all true to life. Like this is this is stuff that actually happened to Larry David. Uh, evidently. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So um, Ted finally gives in. Says, "Fine, the guy can come. You know, let him sit in the kitchen. Not not a big deal. Big mistake by Ted. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, so um, later, you know, we we uh, we get to the part of the party where the uh, birthday boy or birthday girl opens the gifts. Yeah. By and- the way, Ted's talking about making the party like elegant. There's nothing tackier than opening presents at a party. It's like insane. Well, that's that's what I was this? about to say. Yeah. yeah like, even, like even for like little kids, you know, you never open up the gifts in front of people because yeah, like, you're, you know, you don't know how you're going to react or, you know, say, oh, I already have that or something stupid, that, you know, 
and that you know people see the, the guy who brought you a twenty dollar gift is gonna see that everyone else gave you hundred dollar gifts and felt like feel like an asshole. Uh, so yeah, very poor form here. Um, so yeah, he's opening gifts. Uh, Larry and Jeff are uh, forecasting the uh, C plot of the episode about the Paul McCartney concert. And uh, Ted, very unimpressed with the freak book, immediately is just like, uh, okay, thanks. I don't know what the hell this thing is. And Larry goes to snatch it away, almost as if he bought this freak book, uh, intending that it would end up back in his hands. Well, much like when he bought two shirts for for himself and for Ted, why not just buy two copies of the book? Right. Well, I I also like how Larry says to Jeff, are you loving that? It's it's which is something Susie often says, like, uh, you know, about like an outfit of hers or something. It's like, are you loving that? And then Larry always, you know, responds sort of noncommittally. And then, oh, fuck you. You don't know anything about fashion. I, I don't know. I just thought it was a very Susie thing for Larry to say. <laughs> yeah. OK. Yeah. Um, yeah so they're yeah. like cracking up. Um, they know there's a guy with three penises. Mm. Yeah. Which, I want to know, know a little bit more about that. Right. So to me, like this is like kind of where. Like the the freak thing be, is like different than like people with deformities. Like, is there really a guy with three penises, or like this is like these freak show things are fake a lot of the times? Mm. So we need to know more about uh, Mondo's freak. So they real or are they fake? Yeah, I mean, like in general, like when you're yeah. like in Times Square, they have like, oh, we have a show with like oh. a freak show or whatever. Yeah, are are those like people who have been like with makeup and other things made to look as if they have these? You know, but, but Larry's like they... going like, oh, oh, get it away. Like he's, <laughs> he's really acting like he's disgusted by what he's saying. So, yeah, there's like a pig man. Well, yeah. because if you if you make it a fake, you could make like really gross looking things. That sure. Just be, that might be fake. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. All right. We, we should have done more, more research into Mondo's freak book before the episode. Uh, but yeah. Uh, so, yeah, as this is going on, Charlie uh, rushes into the room. And he's uh, drunk off his rocker. And uh, he says, happy birthday, Becker. Yeah, great. Line. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> um so um did you ever so watch Becker? I, um i probably saw it a handful of times when it was on um yeah calling him becker is like as big of an insult as you could say to him right well that's like when i asked um what's the name you're the guy from eight rules for dating my teenage daughter um right what's his name john um john ritter yeah john ritter uh, but Becker was on at this time. And, you know, Becker yeah, was that's a true. pretty famous show. So yeah but, right yeah. it was like in prime time on cbs for probably for like i mean at this point seasons at this point Ted Danson, other than Cheers, what is he famous for? Becker, probably, right? What's his second yeah, most but, famous thing? Yeah, but like Cheers is like so far. Yeah, for sure. But for somebody of our age, now this driver is of an age where he would have seen Cheers. But like we never saw Cheers. You know, Cheers was after our time. Oh, Becker was actually already off the air. By 2007. But it had been on, okay. Yeah, it had been on for six seasons. So yeah, I mean, there okay. was 130, 20 episodes of the show or something. Yeah. Um, it went we to syndication. Actually, I would see it on like at 10 o'clock at night sometimes. Yeah, we actually just started watching Cheers uh, mm. like a week or two ago. Um, How many beginning. of those are there? There's probably like 200 of them. So many. There's yeah. over, yeah, I think like 250. I think that that alone is going to dissuade me from doing so. I'd have to watch yeah. like six X. It's like. It's too many. Yeah, you can't watch so a show like eight, with that many. We're like eighteen episodes in, and it's it's funny. It's good. Like it how holds many Um, so far I would give it a three and a half pretties out of five, which okay. I think is very good for a, a, show a from comedy 80s. from 19, a sitcom from nineteen eighty two. Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously there's some like very dated type jokes. Like Coach is just like very stupid, like beyond anything that's like reasonable. Um, yeah, I was thinking we we need to do like a ranking of uh, characters whose name is Coach now. Mm. <laughs> uh you know, we got uh, Cheers, Survivor, and uh, New Girl. Oh yeah, least, New Girl. That's at yeah. least three coaches. There's None also a show are... called Coach. No, but that's like a that's like a show about a coach. Like it needs to be like yeah. it can't be like every 
show that ha- that's a sport that sports that that everyone you know coach taylor doesn't like so you're saying like only people show. who are called coach but aren't actually a professional coach well at least although the show benjamin can't be, coach benjamin is technically a coach that's why i'm saying the show can't be about oh, about his, oh. in his in like in the in the guy's capacity as coach got it okay Coach from Cheers was also a real coach, but it's a show about a bar, not a show about a baseball team. Yeah, got it. Okay. The prequel of Cheers, where Sam is on the Red Sox and he's the coach, would not count. Wait, the guy who's called Coach in Cheers was Sam Malone's coach? Yeah, he was like the like what the, the bullpen coach, coach or something. Oh, okay. I think so. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I know very little about Cheers. Yeah, neither do I. I mean, I'd seen like a handful of episodes over the years, but I never. Uh, I've never, never seen sat an episode. Watch I've never seen an episode. I've seen like a clip here or there, but yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it's funny. Uh, so uh, this is my recommendation for Cheers. Check it out on Hulu. <laughs> Another advertisement from uh, thirty from uh, pretty 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 good. Last week Netflix, this week Cheers. Yes. Um. So I I took a look to now that we can confirm that Becker exists in the Curb universe. Um, to see the uh, there's a whole list of actors who appear in both Becker and on Curb. Ah, which would, would obviously you know kind of uh, break the fourth wall to the extent. Yeah. Um, the most interesting one I found was Jorge Garcia, who played, of course, the drug dealer Yeah. Um, in the uh, the Dodgers game episode. Mm-hmm. So he was on 13 episodes of Becker. So he was a pretty uh, recurring character before he appeared on Curb. Yeah. So, like, it's weird that when Larry goes to buy drugs, he's like, wait, aren't you on that show with my friend Ted, Dan- Ted Danson? <laughs> Like, yeah. she'd be like, wait, I just, you're like, I know you. Yeah. You're Jorge Garcia. Why are you selling drugs on this street corner? Yeah. Well, I really mean, work. listen, the show went off the air, or it's between seasons, and he needs to make some extra cash. Yeah. And we know that Kramer uh, was on a sick, Kramer was on a Murphy Brown episode, and he was selling drugs. Right. That's true. We'll find out in a couple episodes that Lost exists in the Curb universe because Larry uh, is uh, tipped off by the TiVo guy of the uh, of a spoiler from that week's episode of Lost, which he uh, had oh, wow. to see for the TiVo. So, so Garcia's all over the place. He's all over his curb, yeah. all over. He's uh, selling so drugs. Yeah. He's spotting dimes. I don't know exactly. what to believe. So yeah, so um, all of a sudden, Mary comes running in, shouting that Larry that uh, Charlie had groped her in the kitchen, mm. and Ted's like, "All right, that's it. You're out of my house, and you too, and take your freak book with you." Yeah. So everyone's kicked out. Now, I need to say, I'm shocked that Cheryl leaves with Larry here. I think she'd say, like, no, fuck you. I'm staying. She left also. She left the um, 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 the funk man's funeral of his, his mother's funeral, which also kind of surprised me, actually. Um, yeah, she, she's, she's really leaving places with Larry when, you know, ordinarily, obviously, if one spouse is kicked out, the other would go. But I feel like Cheryl, especially she's good friends with Ted and Mary. She'd say, like, no, I'm not leaving. Like, I didn't, you know, like, Larry, you go. You've embarrassed yourself. Yeah, well, you know, she has uh, hitched her wagon to Larry. And I guess there's so. nothing she there's nothing she can do about that. Yeah, she's got to stick so, around long uh, enough to collect uh, half that money. That's right. So Charlie, uh, of course, is now way too drunk to drive. So Larry and Cheryl drive him home to an extremely depressing uh, living arrangements in a yeah. very dilapidated house. Uh, he lives with a wheelchair bound wife. Does and... this give Larry ideas, by the way? perhaps yeah good call um and uh we hear her old father shouting nonsense in the background and larry's very sad and disturbed by their sad lives and uh so he's like yeah okay i see you know very bad stuff going on here but you know we still need to get home so it would be cool if we took the limo home with us and i'm shocked they ask this isn't even an ask situation this is like by the way we're taking the limo yeah and you can come get it tomorrow Right, like there's no Uber these days. Yeah. So like, yeah, they really have no other option to get home. Yeah. Other than just taking the car. 
Uh, and yeah, like, you know, it was it was his responsibility to get us home. So yeah. you kind of screwed us over in this regard. Kind of. So, um, yeah. So it's the next night and everyone's getting ready for Paul McCartney. And Cheryl is like extra excited because she heard a rumor that Paul McCartney and Heather Mills are getting back together. Um, By the way, did you notice every was- time Larry hangs out with the dancers, he's going to a concert? Yeah, they what did they go to like a few seasons ago? It was a Paul Simon concert, wasn't it? Paul Simon, yeah. And also, by the way, every time Larry wears a suit, like who wears a suit to a McCartney concert? Yeah, I noticed that like the the clothing that everyone was wearing was like very not incompatible with each other. Like Larry's wearing a suit, Susie's wearing this like whatever I don't even know, like, like yeah. disco outfit. Like it was like hot fuck cake. you, Ob. You don't know anything about fashion. Yeah, she's wearing like this black vest with like this like hot pig top yeah um yeah like some like a headband like she looked like she was going to like i don't even know some sort of like dance party yeah from 1986 like the 80s yeah um so yeah so larry's like no i can't even think about that i'm so angry at ed for what he did last night i can't be buried next to him like you need to switch places with me yeah and like larry's like he like builds this up like it's like a big ask and i was like okay i don't care which is like, kind of surprising, but yeah, although well, Cheryl, oh. Larry asking Cheryl to be next to Ted Danson for all eternity is a huge mistake. <laughs> yeah, she's going to hold it. He's going to yeah. take him up on that. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's like, so, yeah, fine by me. But like, you know, you have to clear it with Susie because, you know, you're going to be next to her now if you switch with me and she might not like that. And by the way, I think it's a mistake to even ask, like you, you, between your two plots, you do whatever you want. Like Susie, either a. Susie's going to die first, in which case she won't know, or B, you die first, in which case you do what you want, and then you let Susie deal with it. You're dead. Who, who cares? Like, why, why yeah. even bring this up while Susie's alive and while you're there all alive? There was a, there was a uh, plot line like this on Everybody Loves Raymond's mm-hmm. with Raymond's parents, where uh, the mom discovers that he had sold his plot. Yeah. And, you know, now it's just going to be buried wherever. And she's like, she's like, I don't understand. What was your plan? Did you think I was going to find out? And like, as you just said, he's like, well, I figured, you know, if you die first, you know, you'll never find out. And if I die first, you know, you can yell at me all the hell you want. I don't care. Yeah. So, you know, I guess uh, the whole of the plan was she finds out before either of us die. And yeah. I can just get yelled at. Yeah. Uh, but I guess he was willing to take that risk. But yeah. yeah. So, um, so, you know, they arrive and Larry's like at first, like really kissing Susie's ass, uh, telling her how much he loves her outfit. And he raises his glass and does a toast to friendship. And once he gets everybody, you know, all the up, yeah, then he's like, oh, by the way, uh, me and Cheryl are switching places. Um, you know, great. I'm going to be next to Susie now. Wonderful. Let's go to the concert. Yeah. By the way, last Susie's- week on the podcast, you said you like when Larry and Susie are on the same side. Um, I, I like it. as a, It's like a nice change of pace. Yeah, like, well, we get, we get it for friends. about a minute in this scene. <laughs> yeah. 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 So like I like, yeah, I like when they have that. Mo- like because I they're. Well, her yelling at her, I think, works better when it's like rooted in genuine friendship and affection. Yeah. Like, like if it was if he was really just purely her antagonist, then it's like not as funny that when she blows up on him. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So he's like, uh, you know, yeah, we're, we're going to switch places. And Susie's like, no way, not happening. Even your best self. I'm not interested for eternity. I mm. want peace and quiet. I know what next to be. I don't want to be next to you, Larry David. Mm. Um, so Larry's like, okay, how about me and Cheryl switch and Susie and Jeff can switch. So then I'll be next to Jeff. That works. Mm. And Jeff's like, no, doesn't work. <laughs> Have to be on the ends or else I will get claustrophobic. I'm going to hyperventilate. Um, yeah, this is like a very reverse come with for Jeff that he's yeah. like, first of all, well, like, he's, just, he's, just once they're dead, okay. he, he's not getting paid by Larry anymore. So. 
Yeah, this is like almost like the Survivor Alliance rule. If somebody w- wants to be in your alliance, just say yes, and then you'll yeah. figure it out what later. what you want later, yeah. Yeah, sure, switch places, fine, okay. And then whatever, if Larry dies, bury him wherever the hell you want. <laughs> yeah. And if you die, what are we talking about here? Yeah. You're going to be fine. You're gonna, yeah. it's, it doesn't matter. But as we apparently discussed that in an earlier episode of this podcast, we both had a familial situation with this, and people get very worked up with this stuff. Yeah, yeah, people, uh, yeah. apparently people are very emotional about death. Mm, what's that about? Yeah, um, I told you offline, um, I became a, uh, a grandparent orphan this week. Yes. I'm an orphan, Chester. Yeah, sorry, sorry um, to hear that. So, yeah, that was my, uh, that was my Larry David moment of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, um, But they did bother yes. to tell you about the funeral. They told me about the funeral. Yeah. Um, you were although not at they first. Oh. Like, I found it like a few hours late, like through somebody else. And my mom was like, why, why, why did you call me? I was like, no one told me. She's like, your dad was supposed to call you. I'm like, well, he didn't. Oh, so it was a little bit curvish. I mean, yeah, but like he didn't have like a reason other than he just like hadn't yet. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. So um, Larry's like, all right, that's it. I'm out of here. Mm. If you don't want to be buried next to me when you're dead, I can assume you don't want to be next to me when you're alive. The uh, the friendship toast is revoked, mm-hmm. which I don't know if that's how toasts work. Yeah. I don't think you can revoke a toast. I've never seen a hissy fit uh, from Larry, though, before. Yeah. And he's like, he's uh, he's a god and he's taking the limo with him. Because uh, apparently Leon has taken the car. Now, can I ask a question? Um, the first time Larry was driving the limo last night, there was like Eastern European Jewish dance music as Larry was driving it. Now, as he drives it today, there's like yodeling music. Like, what the hell is going on? Every time Larry drives the limo, there's very different and very strange music. I don't know. If, did you notice that at all? I didn't notice, but I would say, I would guess if the if the music changed, it probably means that Leon has been in the limo. No, oh. <laughs> but is Leon listening to a yodeling station? Who the hell knows what Leon listens to? <laughs> I mean, why not? I don't know. Yeah, it was just very, very. Uh, both, both. It, what, it, was, it wasn't the music coming out of the limo. It was sort of like the background music of the episode. But both times, it was extremely ah, okay. not normal music for Curb or really for any television. Show. Or for anything. Yeah, so interesting. Was, yeah, I, I hadn't noticed that. Anyway. Um, so yeah, so Larry is. Uh, we have Larry, the limo driver now, and he's driving along when he gets a call from a hungover Charlie, who's like, "Hey, I need a huge favor. I'm supposed to pick up a big client at the airport." And obviously I can't because I'm a very incompetent limo driver. Uh, so I need you to do it for me, which is a very, very big ask for a, to a stranger who you've yes. already fucked over. <laughs> yes, it is a very big ask. That is correct. So Larry at first is like, no, I'm not really going to do that. But Charlie starts, you know, giving his whole sob story about how if I lose my job and my wife will lose her health insurance. By the way, terrible salesman, Charlie. The way you start this is it's John McEnroe. Right. Hey, oh, Larry, you a big tennis fan? Well, I've got an opportunity yeah. for you. Yeah. How would you like to hang out with John McEnroe? All you have to do is pick him up in my limo and pretend that you're the driver. Yeah, I think, I think that's him. a much better way to sell it. But yeah, and as it turns should... out, that's that's exactly what Larry wants. It's just schmooze with John McEnroe sure. as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it turns out it is John McEnroe. He is headed to the very McCartney concerts. So, uh, it, so John McEnroe flies by himself from New York to California to go to a concert has some anonymous driver picking him up. Isn't meeting anyone at the concert. Like his extra, like the the whole thing is very strange. Yeah. Well, he's going, he is going to the VIP party. Yeah. Where he meets nobody, where he ends up going (laughs) with his driver. Well, I mean, that's seemingly that's only because he's so enraptured by Larry, the freak book. Uh, I guess so. Yeah. He has, he's ignoring all the other Hollywood bigwigs that are at this party, presumably. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, this is this is an even bigger event than the Dodgers game from the carpool lane that everyone was going to. Yes. The town was a buzz. Well, to be fair, there's more Dodgers games than there are McCartney concerts in L.A. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, yeah, so it turns out it is Paul McCartney after all. And um, so are we going to I think we're going to do a little uh, we're going to break down this uh, episode. Jared and Ali style is what we said. Oh, when when Larry starts talking to McEnroe in the car. Yeah, sure. All right. Do you want to be LD or do you want to be McEnroe? I don't care. I just have to open my uh, document, <laughs> which is not happening yet. All right. Well, I always oh. assign the parts in the other show. So you assign. Okay. Them. So you, why, why don't you assign? No, I just said you have to assign. Oh, but you're good at assigning. No, but I'm sick of assigning. Okay. Uh, you could be LD. I'll be McEnroe. All right. How you doing, Mr. McEnroe? Good, good. Thanks. You let old Charlie know whatever you need. Charlie's your guy. Uh, all right, Charlie. Thanks. Charlie's your man. Don't be shy. Charlie, listen, uh, a little tired right now, okay? Thanks. Hey, let me ask you something. Were you shy as a child? Uh, yeah, actually, uh, I was. Like, like, I was shy when I was a kid. People always say, don't be shy, don't be shy. What do you think, you have control of being shy? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Ever play ping pong? Ping pong's my game. I'll tell you something. It's a lot harder than tennis, with, with all due respect. I'm going to have to respectfully disagree with that, Charlie. <laughs> What do you do for fun? How does a John McEnroe have fun? I like to be quiet now, believe it or not. You watch a lot of TV? Uh, a lot of sports. <laughs> do you have allergies? No allergies. Do you believe in God, a God of some kind? Yeah, I believe in a God, and I'm wondering where he is right now. You like life? Yeah, I like life. Do you garden? I don't garden, okay? If you talk to people who garden, they'll all tell you the same thing. They find it very relaxing and meditative. And it looks like it. I admit it. I'm jealous of the gardener. Have you ever been <laughs> jealous of a gardener? No, I haven't, actually. Are you married? Yeah, I'm married. I have sex once a week. How about you? Is that too personal? Yeah, that's too personal, okay? Well, what's the big deal to talk about that? I don't understand it. I have sex once a week. Good week twice. But I can, I can go more than one week. Hey, that's uh, really interesting, okay, Charlie? This is end scene. End scene. Yeah. yeah. The list of non sequiturs is just phenomenal. I wonder, was any of that <laughs> scripted or is that all Larry off the top of his head? Um, yeah, I, I would assume that's, you know, they just basically told John McEnroe, be an uninterested asshole, and Larry's just going to, yeah. you know, riff nonsense. Yeah. Once uh, a week for Larry, on a good week twice. Yeah. Now, you know, you never know. Like, he may have had like, like 20 of these and, like, you know, they just used the five that worked. Yeah. But still very impressive to be able to just chit chat like that about nonsense yeah <laughs> the guard the gardening thing is just off the wall yeah <laughs> have you ever been jealous of a gardener i mean i guess the point of the scene is that larry is taking the role of another person and so you know he's like well how would a driver but larry knows i don't know it's funny but yeah i'm not exactly sure what it's doing no i think he's just excited to meet john McEnroe. and it's just like peppering him with qu stupid questions but he meets famous people all the time yeah, well, he, he was genuinely excited when he heard it was John McEnroe. He was like, oh, okay, then I'll do it. Well, sure. Well, I mean, the, the alternative was some, like, anonymous, like, you know, millionaire who we didn't know anything about. McEnroe's an interesting guy. <laughs> he is interesting. What is he up to uh, now? Is, does he still do uh, Telus telecasting? I believe so, yeah. I think ah, so. Okay. I yeah, it's funny. He is, like, um, we did, um, you know, the 32 fans uh, movies uh you know, now known as there will be pod sports bracket and the tennis movies was like all John McEnroe. He was in like every single movie. Yeah. 
like either about him or he had a cameo. He is like the singular yeah. tennis figure in, in tennis movies. Well, he's such a big personality. It's like, it's like he's not the best tennis player ever. Uh, you know, I, it's almost like Muhammad Ali, although probably Muhammad Ali is closer to the best in boxing than McEnroe is in tennis. Yes. But- and Ali was the equivalent in boxing where like he was all yeah. over the, the boxing movies. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I assume part of it is just because of also the broadcasting. He's just become the face of tennis and that sort of sure. way. Yeah. Um, He's good at it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So as we're driving, um, we pass by that cemetery and Larry's like, I got to get out for a minute, <laughs> which is like, what the hell are you doing? Like, no, you don't. You, you could like call them any, like this doesn't have to be taken care of today. Yeah. I don't know. Like, Maybe just call them die at today. any point. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Like just, and if you find it, if you die, that's it. Tough luck. Um, so he's like, yeah, I got to go out. So just don't worry. Uh, I, I left a great book for you in the back to read in the meantime. Uh, and Larry goes over and he's speaking to the manager. And what ends up happening is he's going to buy a second plot. They don't do refunds, but he could go try to sell the lot, the plot himself. And then he'll be back where he's, you know, where he wants to be with uh, the plot removed from the rest of the group and reimbursed for the second lot for, uh, from somebody else. And, um, as this is all going on, McEnroe starts to get really impatient. So he like leaves the car to go looking for Larry, I assume. And as he leaves, this random Italian morning family stumbles just upon a limo. They're just like, oh, I guess this is our limo. Yeah. And they get in the car. And Larry Did comes you say back. Italian? Oh, uh, what were they? I yeah, th- they're speaking I Spanish, I thought. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah. I-, I could be wrong. Uh, you're, yeah, you're probably right. That makes a lot more sense. I don't know why I wrote Italian. Um. Yeah, a lot of Italian people in uh, Los Angeles. Oh. Um, so, yeah, so Larry uh, comes back and he's like, he can't get them out. He just tells everyone, get in. It's fine. I'll be, I'll drop them off. It's like with Kramer, Kramer making the stops. Uh, you, yeah. you, everyone in. I'll, it's right near, it's right near the, the Staples Center. It'll, it'll, this will be fine. This is a great idea. Yeah. Uh, so, of course, Larry gets lost and everyone's screaming at him. She's like, yeah. everyone, this, the old woman just keeps yelling at him to make a left. And he's like, we're like not even in the right neighborhood. But also, she can, every single time the woman yells at him to make a left, she's pointing to the right, <laughs> which is very strange. Um, yeah. So no one knows what's going on. Finally, the back of the row is like, that's it. I've had it again. Throws every, you know, he pulls a tad dance and everybody out. He and... really waited an incredibly long time. I think Yeah, he's very patient here overall. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they continue on to the concert and Larry's like, oh, what are you doing, are you doing at the concert? And he finds out there's this whole VIP party and he uh, convinces McEnroe to invite him. He's like, listen, if the roles were reversed, which is actually kind of true, as we see it, Larry will look out for the the. the the working man, man and, and the working man and bring yeah. him into a uh, elite events. Um, yeah. Sometimes without even asking. But McEnroe, I do lo- like he I-, I like his acting in this episode. He's first of all, he's very, very easygoing, remarkably so for a very long time. I mean, most people would not tolerate those people in the car that he's paid for. Um, <laughs> no, right. You'd be like, get the, no, get yeah. the, the fuck out of until the, until the point up. that he says, get the fuck out. And then you're like, oh, now he's pissed. But no, but then he's happy. Like he starts pissed at Larry when Larry won't stop bothering with questions. But then he becomes easygoing again. Then he gets pissed again. Then he's easygoing again. He, you know, invites Larry to come with him to um to the show, uh, to the party. And then obviously he'll start screaming at Larry when they get when he gets him thrown out. But so he's, yeah, he's really but- he's ping ponging back and forth. Right. Except I would say the uh, the inciting events that cause him to lose his temper are like very bad. And like I would say his like barometer for being pissed off is actually like unreasonably high. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. He, he's yeah. He, he's like quite a nice guy in this episode. Yeah. Um, 
so yes, yeah, so they uh so they he's like fine, you could come and we're gonna bring along the book because we're having a great time looking at the book. Of course, yeah. So they're at the party. Yeah, of course, it's a great idea when you're gonna go bumping elbows with you know rich celebrity snobs. You should bring a highly offensive book with you. Yeah, especially it worked so well last time Larry did that exact thing. <laughs> so yeah, so um they're at the party and Larry and McEnroe are getting drunk together and they become even louder and sharing their enthusiasm for the book. Um and the crowd quiets just just as they shout out, what a freak. And it's at this moment that presumably Heather Mills has entered the room. Um, she uh, having uh, had one of her legs amputated for being in a car accident. And the implication is that they think that Larry and McEnroe are talking about her. And they are escorted out of the pre-party and out of the Staples Center. And just as they are being kicked out of the arena, the Greens and Cheryl drive by and are like, what the hell's going on here? Uh, do you think Larry will be able to now get back in with his other ticket? Probably. I was thinking about that. Yeah, go in another entrance with the, your ticket. Yeah, back in row is screwed. Yeah. <laughs> and he doesn't have a ride home because Larry's going to go back to the concert. Yeah. Although I would think that if you're John McEnroe, you can just show up and say, hey, I'm John McEnroe and someone will let you in. I guess. Unless, like, or you should have enough told. context. Pick up your cell phone and call somebody and get a ticket. I guess. Oh, oh like, so security recognizes him. By yeah, face, they're like, oh, Larry John McEnroe was just got kicked out. Larry David, they don't necessarily know. But I don't like, know oh, if just... in, in a Staples Center situation, they can like immediately notify like, you know, thousands of uh, attendees at every single door to look out for John McEnroe. Yeah. I mean, they probably have walkie talkies. Yeah, but is everybody actively? I don't know. I, I'm going to I'm going to assume that uh, if McEnroe really wants to get back in there, he can. All right. Yeah. OK, that's fine. Um, maybe we'll find out in the next episode. Um, so they, uh, Larry uh, goes back to the limo and he takes it uh, back to Charlie's house and we find out that Charlie's father has died. Things are never going sobbing. well Charlie's house. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Charlie's house is very sad. Yeah. Um, and, you know, she's sobbing about how she can't afford a funeral. Where are we going to bury him? And Larry says, well, I think I can help you out. And... The episode comes to a conclusion. Incredibly charitable by Larry here. I mean, this is thousands of dollars he's given, not just the plot, but he's apparently paying for the whole funeral. Very impressive. Right. Which is like unusual because like we know even specifically in this episode, like he was very hung up on getting money back for that plot because otherwise. And he's also giving it to an asshole who ruined his like his party at the Dansons. (laughs) Right. But I do. I do like Ted Tanson is not going to be buried next to Charlie's father-in-law forever. (laughs) Right. Yeah, so they probably should have been nicer to Larry. <laughs> yeah, um, the plot. yeah, I mean, also, like, ind- indirectly, he caused him to get kicked out of the McCarty concert. Yeah, true. Although he also, you know, allowed it to be introduced to Paul to uh, John McEnroe, which, you know, was looking good for a while. So overall, I think Larry takes the experience of the night over just going to, like, a, a default Paul McCartney concert. Sure. Yeah, well, he also doesn't really care about music. Right. So it's like going to like the the, the pre party with John McEnroe and getting kicked out because the two of you got drunk and were like yelling about a freak book. Yeah. And that's like a better story and experience than uh, just, you know, Paul McCartney playing, you know, six Beatles songs and then like 12 of his own songs, which aren't even that good. Yeah. No, I went to a Paul McCartney concert. It was like the best night of my life. But uh, that was oh, yeah. Circumstance. Yeah. What, was he? Mo- did he play mostly Beatles or mostly solo? Well, he, he, I went to SNL and then I ended up getting to sit on the floor. Oh. I'll tell you that story probably. Uh, probably. Okay. I, yeah. Okay. So it wasn't like a Paul McCartney concert. You just saw Paul McCartney perform. On SNL. Well, no, but, but after SNL ended, like, first of all, they had him, usually there's two musical acts in SNL on that episode. There were three. And then also as the episode ended, instead of everybody standing on stage, they just cut to McCartney playing. And then when I got home, I saw on TV that they showed McCartney playing a song as the credits rolled. 
in the theater, he kept playing for like many more minutes. And it was me and Jen and, and the 10 people in, in those mo- mobile seats. And then a bunch of celebrities, Jennifer Aniston and, and John Hamm, and just random people were like all over. Um, the weirdest part to me, though, is that why does S- why does NBC decide at one in the morning? Hey, we can play a live Paul McCartney concert or no, let's cut to like Showtime at the Apollo or whatever recorded thing they're showing at one in the morning. So I thought that was a bad move by uh, NBC. Because I'm a Cardinal Yeah, fan, unless they just cared more. Sure. Yeah. About they didn't know. That I don't experience. think. Was, yeah. I don't think that. And also, it's like maybe they just like the people who are, you know, part of that wanted it to be just like a small thing, not something that was going to be on TV. Well, I, I just, you know, I don't think SNL is like a live sporting event where they show it for as long as it goes. You know, it has a time slot. So. Right. But I'm saying even if it was like noted in advance, they probably still wouldn't just like, oh, we're going to air that impromptu concert. Yeah. I don't know. Um, all right. So, Ab, how do you rate this episode? Um, I think it's pretty funny. Um, I will say it's pretty, pretty, pretty funny. And an extra, yeah. What did I say? I said three. I'm going to give three and a half pretties out of five. I don't know if I uh, said that correctly. Okay. Um, yeah, I thought it was like an above average episode. There's some good jokes. Um, yes, the way they react to the book is just like so over the top that like you can't even imagine what they're looking at, which is just a great acting. Uh, McEnroe was awesome. Yeah. Um, oh, it's great that like he just like came to play. So that was great. Uh, so yeah, three and a half pretties out of five. Uh, it's like it's a, it's a little compressed. Hmm. Yeah. So other... I, what I do love about this episode is I love like – you keep expecting, or I kept expecting Larry to break and tell McEnroe who he really is, but he never does. He stays committed to the bit to the very end. Right. Yeah. But um, I don't know. To me, I, I didn't like the, the main, like the A-line story, which is like the freak book. I just, I don't think it's realistic that adults in 2007 are, are reacting like this explosively to this book, the public, the way <laughs> they are. Like maybe kids, maybe drunken idiots, <laughs> right. but it just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, it's also shocking to me. Cheryl doesn't nip the gift in the bud in the very first scene of the episode. Like th- that's what should have and would have happened. Cheryl's like, you're not giving this to uh, you're not giving this offensive book to Ted is what she actually would have said. Right. When it's like um, obvious, Ted is not going to be into a present like this. Yeah. But to me, basically, my issue is like any episode in season six that excludes the blacks altogether sucks. Like give me some Loretta. Sure. Give me some Aunt May. Give me some Leon. So overall, I will say pretty, pretty good. Two pretties, which I checked. This is the worst three episode run um, based on my ratings since season one. Wow. So we're on a bit of an nadir here. Yeah. Who would have thought that uh, Leon's uh, introduction to the podcast would reach its lowest point? Well, he's, he hasn't been in two of those. And he's not episodes. right. He's not in the bad episode. Yeah. So, and then yeah. one so of them, he got, he, he got in that ass, but really nothing else happened. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but I think the season is going to end much stronger than it starts. I agree with that. Yeah. All right. Who is your come with guy? Got to be back in a row. Um, of this is, I think, as obvious as one could be. Um, he's into the book. He lets Larry come to the party. He lets the mortars come into his limo. He's just like super chill. Plays, you know, just is, uh, you know, the character is great. The actor is great. Uh, yeah, obvious come with guy. Yeah, agreed. I'll, I'll say this. The way he, he sort of develops over the course of the episode, Breaking Bad is the story of Walter White turning from Mr. Chip, <laughs> Mr. Chips into Scarface. I don't know who Mr. Chips is, but that's what they always say. This episode is the story of the same thing happening to John McEnroe. Like, but kudos to McEnroe for the trip he takes us on. He's like more, as you said, he's more than willing to let the mourners stay in his car for like a surprisingly long amount of time. <laughs> yeah. For some insane reason, he invites Charlie the driver to be his plus one at the McCartney pregame party. A, a real uh, tour de force performance by McEnroe. Who 
is your fucking asshole? I think fucking asshole this week is also uh, pretty straightforward. Um, I think it has to be Charlie. Yeah. Um, every, you know, basically everything bad that happens in this episode is because of Charlie being a fuck up who gets drunk on the job. And then, you know, his uh, client has to drive him home and he takes the limo and then he has to pick, he makes his client pick up a different client. You know, you know, you can't be doing stuff like this. Yeah. Our only celebrity in the episode, I guess, is John McEnroe, who uh, plays John McEnroe, of course. And the so, Wiz. Yeah, the Wiz. That's true. <laughs> uh, is it time for the postman? Nobody beats the Wiz. He's number one. On this. I guess so. Yeah. Uh, I, n- I never really right. got that, that storyline in Seinfeld either. Although maybe yeah, that's part of the joke. His that, nobody, that nobody did except the line. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like let's he, he's not even like a good looking guy. Like pick a good looking guy. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Let's head over to the postman. Mm. Postman! Postman! Come here! Tell the neighborhood! All right. First email this week is from Jim Crumbly. uh, Back-to-back week. So excited to now have uh, Jim, hopefully, as an ongoing contributor to the Postman segments. And he says, hi, this is another okay episode. John McEnroe is surprisingly good, but the freak book itself is just okay. The limo parts were fine, but not classics. Three pretties for me. Okay. Come with guy is McEnroe. Yes, he is yelling half the time, but McEnroe has two speeds, yelling and drowsy. Oh. He deals with Charlie's nonsense like a trooper until he and Larry get drunk. Oh, and he had Charlie in quotes. He knows that it wasn't really Charlie. <laughs> Jim, did you understand the episode? That's Larry. <laughs> it's Larry David. It's the guy from the show. Uh, he says, Charlie as the asshole trying, trying to drive all drunk makes this one automatic. Uh, next email is from William Blake. He says, hey, Alex and Av, my name is Will, and I have sex once a week. A good week okay. twice. Not bad. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, did Larry give the bow tie guy two pretties or two and a half pretties? That's interesting. I was thinking ah, about that. I, I think it's, I, th- I think it's two because I think it's what I said earlier. He initially was going to give one and then he upgraded it to two. Oh, so Will is combining the first one. Yeah. See, I think Larry edits himself. Yeah, he's like pretty. Uh, you know what? Pretty, pretty good. He's uh, yeah, the more I think about it, it's a two pretty night. Yeah. Uh, he says I like Ted and Larry's real adult conversation about the driver. Larry and Jeff hijacking Ted's gift opening was even better. Larry playing the prototypical chatty limo driver worked well for me. Lots of yelling this episode. Surprisingly, none from Susie. Hmm. Yeah. Come with guy. He gives it, of course, to John McEnroe. The amount of shit he had to deal with for a simple drive to the Staples Center. <laughs> and. Fucking asshole. He gives it to Ted Danson. I don't know what it is. He wasn't really wrong for throwing Larry out, but he bothers me more and more as the series goes on. And Will gives the episode four and a half pretty oh, wow. out of five. I mean, I'm so generally Will. anti-Ted, and so I'm generally with Will here. But like in this episode, his party's been ruined and his wife has been assaulted. Like, uh, I feel like <laughs> Ted, Ted is in the right here. <laughs> and he got a horrible gift from Larry. <laughs> and he said thank you. And then Larry came and took the gift back. Um, oh, Zach Brooks, Zach Brooks, uh, raising the same topic. He says, Larry gives two and a half pretties good this week. Ah, okay. So, all right. I demand yeah. a recount. Yeah, we have to go back and look at that. Um, how many pretty guy pretties are you guys feeling today? Uh, I'll say three, the regular about pretty, pretty, pretty good. Uh, did you guys realize the freak book changed from a hardcover book to a soft cover book when they got thrown out of the party? No, I did not. Mm. That's the kind of attention to detail the Apple podcast reviewers will appreciate. Um, <laughs> yeah, guys, we noticed that because it was pointed out to us by uh, one of the other listeners. So we get credit for that. Uh, McEnroe is perfect in this spot. He gives the episode four pretties. Oh, wow. People much higher than I, you and I, or than me, especially. Well, yeah, I give it three and a half. So I was, uh, yeah, was okay that's close it. enough. 
Um, and finally, Olin Allen, he says, a slow burn of an episode, but really was great after the drunken limo driver livened things up, is towards the end, the closest we've seen Larry to being moderately drunk. Um, yeah, probably so far. I mean, he gets um, Sammy drunk that time. Yeah. Yeah, Larry has a beer here. Um, is he drunk? Yeah. Is it, I don't think he's behaving. He's acting the same boisterously at Jeff's at um, Ted's party. He just loves. I think it's not the alcohol. It's the freak book that is really getting Larry <laughs> yeah. worked up. Yeah, I mean, the alcohol is probably not hurting. Yeah. Uh, you know, again, I, I think you have to be extremely um, not sober to enjoy a freak book as an adult. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, McEnroe was great. But he's even and- enjoying it in the first scene, you know, at, at, at home with Cheryl. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he says McEnroe as for a UK and Ireland person, I would rate him as the biggest celebrity playing himself so far. Mm. Oh, yeah, we did. We Isn't McEnroe really say- like from New York? Isn't he like a de- definitionally New York person? Yeah, but he. I'm guessing Olin probably watches a good amount of tennis. Tennis is probably a big sport over there. Oh, OK. Oh, I thought he was saying because McEnroe, like the name is, is, is I don't know, he's Scottish or something. His, his de- de- I don't know. Oh, maybe that's what he bets. Although Ireland and Scotland are two different places. I'm an uh, expert on the United Kingdom. <laughs> they are different places. <laughs> but they are, they are close to each other. Yeah. Um, Olid continues. He says his rating is 3.5. Pretty out of 5. Mm. So right there with Perfect me. With yeah. Want to give more for McEnroe and the show for a bit, but was too much of a drag early on. Come with Guy. It's uh, unanimous across the board. John McEnroe bringing his chauffeur to the drinks reception. Good talker. Enjoying the book and helping to get rid of the, him, him get rid of the mortars. And the fucking asshole of the week, Olin, also was going to go for Ted Danson Ooh. for organizing that really dull drab party and insisting on the bow ties. <laughs> that made me feel like the waiters were about to play a snooker match. Snooker. Yeah, we have a real European flavor with the Olin's email this week. Yeah, I, I feel like Olin likes those like the like the biggest small asshole. Like he likes to find those like little petty things that somebody yeah. does, not necessarily like the true asshole. It's a little like too obvious to pick Charlie. Yeah. yeah, it's like the needless asshole. Yeah. Um. All right. So next week we have the Rat Dog. A slow toaster makes life tough for Loretta, Leon, and Cheryl, which is good news because we have them coming back. Uh, Larry will be flummoxed dealing with a deaf woman, as well as by an exterminator who works for the Greens who tries to befriend him. And um, I also think that we have another SNL alum as a guest on next week's episode. And uh, he will get confused whether he's talking to Larry or Leon in a uh, very iconic scene. So I'm looking forward to that. I really don't remember based on the name of the episode. I mean, I assume what's going to happen is there's, I I, I assume there's some woman who has a dog that Larry's going to say looks like a rat because it's very small. Correct. But I mean, do you, I really don't remember a lot about that. Yeah, well, I've I watched ahead to head through that this season, so oh. I've seen this. So. Oh, oh, the exterminator thinks the dog is a rat. Is that what happens, or something like that? Yes. Yeah. Okay, it's vaguely coming back to me. But why am I spoiling next week's episode? Yeah, I don't know why. Yeah. Well, come back next week, and uh, you can determine for yourself whether or not the episode is or not. Pretty, pretty, pretty. Please do that yeah. and rate and review the podcasts. We didn't, I didn't check to see if there were new ones, but I will next week if you do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>